You're listening to the Avoid the Trap Podcast, a show dedicated to helping bettors exploit the betting markets using unconventional strategies and tactics. Turn up the volume and listen closely. The show starts now. Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Avoid the Trap. I'm your host, Micah Smith. We have professional sports bettors, David Miller and Antonino DeRosa. How's it going, guys? Good, man. How are you guys? Oh, pretty good. I see someone's getting uh, some exercise over there. Good job, man. Yeah, I'm doing a little little walking around the neighborhood while talking to you guys. Yeah, perfect. That's, it should be done. Well, how did NFL week go for you guys? How the contest plays, first of all, go in the most important part? It went all right, but it's the college has just been a nightmare, but the NFL went fine. What about you? Well, the thing I care about the most is giving you guys uh, winners, but I lost there. I gave you guys a nice loser. The survivors at Circus went through, so that was good. The contest, the DraftKings 50K contest, that was terrible. We went one and four. And College football are derivatives that won a little bit, which that was nice. But I don't know. Overall, probably just a even week of some sort. Who did you take in Survivor, Ant? I took one Rams and one Bills. One Rams. And I, my assumption was that everyone's going to take the Dolphins, so I, I want I faded them, but I was wrong. Everybody took the Rams. Yeah. If Nobody... I had to go back, I would have taken not Rams. Nobody had them left. I mean, that's why. Not that many people had them. Yeah. Got it. I thought that, too, and then Randy said that. It might all kind of make sense. Like, this, the same thing this week. You know, the Rams or the Seattle Seahawks are probably going to be the most popular team picked. But there's not that many big favorites. So, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do this week. Have you thought about it at all, Dave? Uh, Seattle on all, all three. Did I see uh, that? Seattle all three for Dave. <laughs> You're funny. Did I see that right? That somebody has all ten left in the chat. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, but that's, has all- that's impressive. I wonder if they spread it out, or if they put all ten on the same team probably over all- and over. No, probably all ten. I don't spread it out. No. So in the contest, Ant, you went one and four. David went two and three. So are both of you guys still up there in the standings? No, you went two and three. No, I. Oh, Ant went one and four. David went two and three. David, what did you do personally? No, he didn't. No, you went two and three. Oh, really? I thought it was one and four. No, it was, two it was and three. uh the Patriots. I thought we were going to win, and then there was a safety at the end. And <laughs> ever since that safety at the end, I haven't logged them back to DraftKings because I'm too depressed. <laughs> oh yeah, you won. Uh, you won the Rams, and you lost that one. You lost Tampa Bay. You won the Rams, and someone else you won the afternoon. I just can't remember, but you won. Two. Okay. Hopefully, David is right, but I was pretty certain I was one of four. Uh, we could almost make a side bet. I won't. I won't log in. <laughs> Have you guys heard about this? <laughs> what's going on now in the NFL? Everybody's talking about all the unders that are hitting. Like last week, it was fourteen and one. I think sixty-five percent on the season. People are like on decent and stuff. Are just talking about we're just going blindly bet overs because it'll come back to the mean. What's your thoughts on that? I would not blindly bet overs. You're thinking, yeah. And then what? Well, and then what's the mean? Just what your season averages usually are in other years. That's the mean. Just closer to your fifty-fifty. Yeah. Percent. Yeah. I mean, like, I think it's important to understand why their games are going under. Are they being officiated a different way than they have in the past? Has there been yeah. any rule changes? 
like it is possible that even more games are going to go under if the market hasn't adjusted for that. But it's probably just random, right? It's only been six weeks. I don't know, right. but now with the totals in the 30s again, it is tempting to, even tonight's game, 40. I mean, it's tempting to just go over just blindly. So I get it. I get it. It feels good. <laughs> it feels good till it's 27 points final again. Then 32. And, uh, yeah. I, I am looking right now. It is, they are pretty low. Then you only have one. But like, so maybe the market is over adjusting and now there's value on the over, but you still have to figure out to be able to quantify this shit. Like, I don't know. I hate betting anything blindly, personally. Yeah. They, Dave likes betting blindly. So maybe you can talk about it a <laughs> little think, bit more. I think you had Miami. I think you had Miami last week. Okay. That's what I think. Well, I can't about, log in. Let's talk about the totals. What do you think? You're going to start betting them over slightly? No. No, but I get why people think that. Yeah. It makes, I mean, it's, I can't say it makes sense. I don't know what to do with it. Let's just, let's bet all these under, ones under 45 over and then just make a prayer. Let's do that. Let's come down to that, Ant. Like, why are the games going under? Do we have any clue? I mean, I think there's some a lot of backups in. I would, I would think, right? A lot of backup quarterbacks in, and so the adjustments that may, you know, have yeah. to make. It's slower pace. I mean, is it like a slower pace? Is it, yeah, less flag, like less flags? What if there is no reason and they're just dropping the totals? Then there would be value to bet overs, right? If it's just variance and but they're Correct. dropping. The, so yeah, if you can't identify why the games are going under and you have a bunch of sharp guys thinking about it. Then maybe there is value to to start betting over <laughs> blindly. <laughs> Can't make fun of that, right? Well, what about Ant? So, have you been doing any MLB live betting at all for the in the playoffs or no? I have. Yeah, I have. Last couple of games have been good. The games went over, but yeah, it's one of those things. Like this is the first time I'm ever betting MLB playoff live. The limits are so big. <laughs> you basically, baseball is not like a dynamic game like basketball where you can get different opportunities that like varies different spreads. In baseball, the game is like not so much scoring is happening. So there's, let's say I bet over seven at the end of, of an half inning. And then the very next half inning, I can bet over six and a half. But like the limits are already so big that I feel like I'm always kind of filled and i'm just betting more money where i should really shouldn't be because you know betting over six and a half and betting over seven is almost the same it's not like nba where you bet minus six and then minus 12 and then minus 17 or whatever right so i thought it was going to be really fun but the true reality is it's not that fun because if i find value around the third or fourth inning i just need to stop betting because i bet way too much money already yeah. So is that happening on the side too, where you're just massively exposed on the same sides? Yeah. For baseball, usually same sides all the time. And uh, it's usually the team that has an extra at bat where I always find value. So it's always home team, yeah. always over. And yeah. So is your NBA more balanced where you're laying six and then later you're like taking nine and a half? Or is it kind of the same thing where you're just minus one, minus three, minus six? It's usually on the same team, but it's always like four or five points difference. Yeah. So I find that I can justify betting like another unit because the spread is so different. Mm -hmm. In baseball, like if the game 
as a total of seven, and it's now the third inning, and it's zero zero, and you had value on the over, you bet it at over six and a half. You bet it at over six. Then you bet it over five and a half. At what point do you just stop and say, okay, you know, I've had enough of this game. I already have too much money on this over, you know. And then you just hate your life but, in the in basketball over one and a half, <laughs> right? Yeah, but like it goes, the total drops much slower than we think. But yeah, basically, it's not nearly as fun because it always feels like you have a position on the same thing. I understand that betting over six and a half and betting over seven is completely different, but I don't know. It's hard because I'm not used to to know where my units to like risk my units based on what handicap I'm betting. And basketball yeah. is much easier. Yeah, but can't you look back over over a certain amount of games and go, all right, or do the games where you just clean up on everything offset it? Or I guess the question, can't you just look back over all your bets and just kind of like restructure your unit size based on how many times you've yeah, that's what I Yeah, that's what I will do for next season. But since it was the first time, I didn't really know what to expect in the playoffs. But yeah, it kind of took me off guard because yeah, I didn't really know how much liquidity there was going to be. And I really didn't understand that you actually get the value like basically every half inning. Okay. So you, you, you went into it going, all right, I'm going to bet this over in the second inning. And that will probably be one of the two times if I even bet it again. And then you're finding yourself betting it 15 times. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> yeah. In basketball, I find it much easier because the game state changes so drastically all the time. Where in baseball, it's not really like that. If you think about it, though, this is a good problem to have for you. It means you're finding value over and over. That's how I look at it. That's my positive spin on that. No. Uh, yeah, it's just obviously like you want value every half inning, obviously. But yeah, it's hard to, especially when you're betting other people's money, too. It's hard to try to figure out exactly how to scale things. There was a game that we had on. We had a game here in Colorado at halftime, right? And it was like. We had it minus one, 105 to minus 110. And Pinnacle and Bet Chris had it like minus 140 for that, whatever that was worth. Both had it 140. And I turned to my cousin and I said, This is crazy. We could literally bet every single company on this one play. And so it was kind of the same where you're going, Where do you draw the line? We already had a couple other bets too. Anyway, we went for it and it, and it won. But I remember thinking the same thing. This is a good problem to have. Yeah, it's uh, bankroll management is one of those things that it's really hard to do, especially when you think you have a really big edge. But my rule of thumb is if I can sleep well at night based on the result, you know, I'm willing to bet more money on it. But yeah, it's just really hard. Like, you know, people will tell you, you have to do Kelly or F Kelly and all this other nonsense. My rule of thumb is just bet a flat amount and... You know that if you get unlucky a bunch of times, you can still keep playing, you know, and that's the way kind of you should bet. I kind of feel like these rules, though, I mean, I get it like a rule that somewhat can change because like, let's say and you're not I don't think you're going to have this problem. And, and if you saw it, you wouldn't bet it where you're betting us, though. It's a little bit different here. Let's say you have plus 180 and it's a straight error. It should be minus 180. I mean, right there, none of these rules matter. You're just like, all right, what's the most I can bet on this play? And not, and they either hopefully don't see it or hopefully don't ban me. But you've got to, yeah. but for yourself, 
even for yourself, you've got to have because we had that play too with plus one eighty, minus one eighty. But for yourself, even if you identify a bigger edge than like your average one, there has to be some type of a sliding scale, like where you just okay, we go a little bit more on this one. Oh, of course. It's good everyone to have a, your bets have it structured somewhat, but you have to be able to tweak it based on your edge or, or what you're looking at. Yeah, I suggest that most people should just do flat betting. But obviously, if you can identify that you have a bigger edge than normal, then you should bet a little more. But there's a caveat that comes with that. If uh, you have some kind of model that shows you that you have a huge edge, like I usually sometimes start thinking, maybe I'm doing something wrong. How can this show me that I have so much of an edge? I know, no. Dave, you don't really believe you don't really believe in that, but no. <laughs> no, I, no, I think there's something there, though. If you yeah. go, this should be minus 150, it's minus 117. I think your minus 150 is probably a little bit off, but there's something there, though. That's all that matters to me. Yeah, and sometimes you can show a big edge because, you know, you have opposition, so another smart group is on the other side or just somebody with lots of money, right? So trying to figure out when you're right and you're wrong and whatever else, it's tougher than people think. You know, I'll have basketball games where at halftime, I have two points of value, in my opinion. And usually I bet one point of value, right? So when I see two or two and a half points of value, I'm like, man, either there's some really sharp people on the other side, there's no. a lot of money on the other side, or I'm just maybe I'm just wrong. And, you know, I still bet more than I normally bet, but I'm always thinking about it if that, you know, if you know what that means. Yeah, but you just kind of made my point. You're going more on that one. So you're thinking that, but you're you're realizing it's a better than average opportunity, and so you're going more. At the end of the day, you're following. Yeah, you... yeah I mean, that's it. You're not talking yourself out of the bed. No, I never do that. I always do better more than I normally do, but there is a point where I stop. Like that plus 180, minus 180 example you've made, there's definitely an amount of money that you would stop betting it. I don't know, man, because we wouldn't have the problem where if we were overexposed and uncomfortable, it would be such a high dollar amount because you can only click so fast in so many accounts and the max is whatever it is. So but, so basically I, what it means is you're not really maximizing your liquidity on everything all the time. Well, yeah, yeah, sometimes you can't. But yeah, exactly. There would yeah. be. A, I don't know, but for that type of edge... If I truly thought it would, I would just keep firing and just not add it up. And then sometimes I'll go back and add it up later when it wins. And then if it loses, I just won't add it up. <laughs> That's what I like to do. <laughs> like, I'll go, hey, Michael, we had whatever the play was, that that one or another one, we had like 40,000. So when it won, I added it up. Okay. Hey, Michael. Yeah. But when it loses, yeah, I don't even say anything. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, sorry, but that was too great. So, and just so the listeners can know, you have a model you're have come up with in your head or whatever to bet these live MLB edges, correct? Yeah. And I basically, the summer, I was kind of slow and didn't have much to do. So I've been working for the last couple of years on a baseball model. And this is the first year I started betting it. But yeah, it's just a model where I plug in the game situation at the end of every half innings and it spits out what the probability of one team winning and what the total should be. And whenever I see a perceived value of three to 4%, I usually bet it. 
I haven't been winning at that rate, but you know, I win at a couple of percent, which is nice. I think for something like that, on the I think where it, where it gets tricky, where I don't know how they do it, circa, but they do it is the late innings where they actually factor in who's coming up to bat and stuff like that. And I don't know how they do it, man. They they got something down. Yeah, I would Obviously, bet between there and Pinnacle and bet Chris, I got my head kicked in for years. Obviously, you should have some kind of player model as well to know how good or how strong or weak the coming up, you know, part of the of the lineup is. But yeah. I don't have that, so I haven't been doing it. But my model stops working around the sixth inning. So sixth, seventh inning, I basically stop betting it because I don't know which players are better than others. So I never have that problem because I'm not betting the last couple of innings. But if you are, you should definitely know what those guys are worth. Yeah, because they must plug it into their system. And I would see massive discrepancies. And then, I don't know, it might have been 80, 85% of the time when the game was getting ready to start after the commercial, the whole global market would move the way of the circuit number, not the other way around. So, I don't know, they've got something done. Whoever whoever made their baseball in-play thing is like the smartest person alive. <laughs> They're probably using uh, the deck prism they one, are. I think. They're using you know, David Allen, Ed Miller. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I remember when we were used to trade baseball live at Pinnacle, whenever there was only half inning left, we would always post the t- only the total, and we would post how many runs were actually already scored. We would add half a run to that, and we would always make the underpriced minus 300. Now, every single game, we kind of did the same thing, but obviously, we had Sharps betting us. They knew what the players were worth or the picture, how good it was. So, yeah, that's super important, obviously. When I was doing it, it was always more than minus 300 for the under. It would be as high as like 450 and at least like 350, I felt like. Let me ask you something. So in baseball, there's a full slate. And are you betting most every game? Do you have edges on mostly every game or no? I was never doing the full slate at once because I couldn't follow all those games at once. I was doing, uh, I don't know, maybe six or seven games at once. And probably... I would find value on more than half. You know, not every single game had value, but a lot of them had value. I want everybody to understand. So you say you're winning at around a 2% rate, correct? And so how how do you deal with – you have to have pretty big swings on that, right? So how do you deal with ups and downs, big ups and downs? So how do you mentally deal with it? Because that's not a problem for a lot of people dealing with it. Even myself, I I have problems with it. How do you deal with that? I don't know. I just, uh, after many, many years of doing it, to me, money is, I don't know. I don't see it as money. I just see it as a tool to try to make more money. So I don't know. I never think about, I don't even live like a great luxurious life. I just a normal dude. And like, you know, if I'm betting 10 grand on a game, to me, that's not 10 grand of all the things that I could buy and do for my family. I just see it as that's just money that you need to try to make more money. I'm not really sure how to explain it. But you could go up but, and down. Uh, yeah, you kind of need that money. Right? You could go You could go up swing, have 30 unit, 20 unit swings easily, correct? Oh, yeah. We have weeks where we lose 300,000. Yeah. And we have weeks where we win that, you know? So 
it really just depends what kind of mindset you have, but it's not, I completely understand that it's one of those hard things. Not everybody can go through those emotional swings. And sometimes I still get emotional. Don't get me wrong. I'm not a robot, but you know, you think about the money you made in the past and uh, you really try to forget about it. Or after you have a big losing day, you go talk, you go look at your kids or your wife or things that really matter in life. And you don't really think about it too much. Right. But I don't know. You go for long walks is how, how he handles that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that like people just have to understand is that at the end of it all, as long as, you know, you already made enough money and you can, you know, go through the bad swings, eventually the luck gets out of it. So let me ask you one, one thing. Let's say it's the beginning of the baseball season, right? And you've, you, in your head, you have this winning model, right? Yeah. You start the season down 40 units. I mean, are you yeah. questioning yourself? Oh, what's going on? Oh, how, 100%. Did I do something wrong here? Yeah. Uh, do you 100%. Just stick with it? Are you still believing in what you've created? Oh, no. I start questioning myself and I start relooking at everything and make sure I did it correctly. You know, like I'll give you guys an example. Not that long ago, I created a corners model. You know what a corner, a corner kick is? Yes. <laughs> Soccer. Yeah, soccer. So my idea was that if you grab the game spread and the game total of a match, you should be able to math out what the corners, the corner spread and the corner total should be. And I bet it for a decent amount, decent amount of time. And I always found tons of edges. But what I failed to recognize was that a lot of those lines that where I would find edges was because I didn't take into consideration the way the teams actually play. And, you know, like corner kicks are all about the two guys on the side of the field that run up and down. And based on who was playing, those corner kicks could really, really change. So, you know, I lost probably a close to 100Ks, my guess. I have it written down somewhere. And uh, eventually I stopped. But within the process, I kept re-questioning and re-looking at it and things of that nature. And I basically realized that the players matter too much and you couldn't really math it out. Oh, gotcha. Can you get, is there, what's the liquidity like with corners? I mean, you guys send that to us and I can never find any. Hardly. In Europe, well, Italy, it's just different overseas. You could bet more. So Pinnacle on the big leagues, they take three to $5,000, maybe a little yeah. less. Yeah. In legal books in Europe, you can actually get a lot of money down. Sometimes when we send those, those are not my losing bets. There's somebody who wins bets. But, you know, like sometimes in big leagues, we can even get up to 20 grand if we bet enough places because they take pretty good big limits on that stuff. Cool. Well, let's transition. So I know NBA starts Wednesday or Tuesday? Tuesday night. Tuesday. So I feel like you guys need about five days off of work to get ready for your mindset of working all the way through April. So no, David has told me six days a week is on. It's on six days a week starting next Wednesday. You're in the same role, right? You're going to be just every day grinding through NBA, right? Every night. And I don't even find it grinding because because I think it's fun. I get to watch games and I don't know. A lot Do of people. you ever take a break or just for the walks? Usually summers I take breaks. But sometimes on my break, like, I take my family in the middle of the country somewhere and we get a house with a pool. At some point, you get tired of that and then you start creating a baseball model. <laughs> oh, you did while the family was at the pool? <laughs> this is great. Yeah, they, 
<laughs> like I was actually all summer in Italy and I didn't do much betting. And uh, after going to the beach in the morning and the afternoon, maybe you see your family there. So I would see my family. But at some point, kids are asleep at 8 p.m. And uh, we've been relaxing all day. I get on the computer and start brewing stuff up. Okay. There's nothing wrong with that, if you ask me. Nope. <laughs> I used to play this card game called Magic the Gathering. I don't know if you guys ever played. And yeah. on my free time, I used to spend a lot of time playing that game. And the game has changed a lot. It's not nearly as fun as it used to be. So I had to find something to do. What do old people do when like they get older? How do they spend time, you know? I don't know. I hope you go into the pool a little bit with the little ones, at least. Oh, of course. Of course. I'm just talking about when, you know, they're sleeping or taking their two-hour naps. What else am I going to do? You know, I just... I'm, uh you don't waste it watching Netflix. <laughs> no, I don't I don't really watch much Netflix, to be honest. So, dude, from doing the, uh, the MLB live stuff, do you have a World Series prediction? I have no idea. Like, baseball seems so streaky to me. Probably Philadelphia is my guess, but I have no idea. It's all about getting hot at the right time, it seems, right? right. Do you have a play for today's game? Uh, I don't. The NFL. <laughs> I don't have any plays for today's games. Because I'm not going to lie. This is pretty exciting. I don't watch baseball, but I'm pretty pumped about uh, we get both games. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm going to go watch probably the second one. Yeah. Baseball's pretty boring, though. You don't like to watch playoff MLB like just as a, a sports fan? No, I prefer preseason NBA to be honest. Oh, I, lo- I love <laughs> I love playoff baseball. I like to watch it because yeah, they're I, so passionate. It's like you never you never see them smile that much <laughs> during the year. The fans smile or <laughs> like zombies in July, and then you see all this energy in the games. It's great. That's right. Right. I have a decent future on the Rangers, so I'm kind of pulling hard for them to come. Yeah, through. Rangers, Rangers. A lot of people have futures on them. I talked to some of my uh, bookmaker friends, and they were all saying, like, I heard multiple of them say, we have a great result unless the Rangers win it all. Yeah. So I've heard multiple people say that. Did you bet the AL or to win? They're kicking ass right now. I did to win it all, not the AL. What did that pay, and when did you bet it? I'm just curious. I bet it back in June. It paid like 50000 I think it's – I can't remember the price. Yeah, they had good analytics on their offense, and I just thought they may go for a pitcher since DeGrom was hurt. I don't know. There's a lot of things. I just read about it. I mean, no model. I'm going to have a future at some point in either professional or a college. And I will say, Ant, I don't know about your futures, but mine, I rarely release them, and I've done well. So just know that. I I don't bet any any futures. He's my witness. Last year in, in college, I said San Diego State, and they were like 80 to 1 to win it all, and then 20 to 1 to win the final four. That was my only pick. I said, bet that. He's my witness. Got it. <laughs> That's good. What they about the finals, though? So we will talk about the Titans won last year, and we will uh, talk yeah, about. No. And then I gave the Nuggets. So two out of yeah. three really came through, and then one was a dud or whatever. We did well in the Nuggets. I remember Tim. I remember a couple of guys had the Lakers real long, and they were starting to get real excited towards the end. I mean, long, 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 like. Yeah, whenever the Lakers, I mean, the Lakers started like two and ten or something, right? And those odds got really high. That's when maybe people started betting them. Or do you do? Is there any? I know uh, college basketball starts in three weeks, four weeks ish. 
do you do any in-game modeling on college basketball or are you fully NBA? To be honest, I've always lost the college basketball. My assumption is, I don't know if this is true, is that the closing lines are trash. There's so much manipulation in college basketball that I don't think that the closing line is any good. So maybe that's why I'm losing or maybe my model sucks. I'm not really sure. But I do well during the NCAA tournaments. So we normally just bet the conference tournaments and the last final tournament at the end. But during the regular season, every year I just get crushed. So this will be the first year where we don't bet any college basketball until the tournaments. Gotcha. We may have lost David, but it's just fine. I, I even asked um, our mutual friend that you introduced to me at Bet Bash that we that does all the derivatives. I asked yeah. him, "Do college? What's after football? We're we going to do college basketball?" I said, "No." He says, "It's this kind of the same thing that you said." He's had he has trouble with it and creating something that's it can consistently win. Yeah, the problem is that the limits that Pinnacle and Bet Chris take on college basketball is so low that it's so lucrative for sharp people to manipulate those lines and bet the off-market stuff. So the closing line, when it gets to it, like if that's your main input, if that's not strong, your model is going to suffer. So What do you mean when you say bet the off-market? They're more likely to do that. What do you mean by that? I mean, you can move a college basketball game for a couple of thousand dollars by betting Pinnacle, that Chris, Circa. And then you can get... 30,000 betting PPH, Buckeye, DraftKings, FanDuel, whatever. So anybody sharp is always just going to do that. I see. But like, let's say instead of manipulation doesn't happen too much in other sports because at least Pinnacle and Chris and Circa, they take bigger limits. So now if I have to spend 15K to manipulate a game instead of two, like I need to be able to get down way, way more on the other side, right? Yeah. So it's much harder to manipulate those other sports. And during the championship, you know, tournaments, conference tournaments, and, you know, the final tournament there is, they actually take big limits. So now if you want to manipulate one of those games, you have to bet 20, 30,000 instead of two. Mm-hmm. So those lines are have more meaning. So you're saying the closing line matters the least on college basketball, totals and sides or just? Totals and side. I think the closing line in college basketball matters very, very little. Got it. Because I'm going to be honest, I use the same model that I use for NBA. I use it for EuroLeague. I use it for Italian basketball, WNBA. I use it for every single basketball. And I win at every single basketball except the NCAA basketball. So... The only solution or the only idea that I could have is that the closing line is just not any good. What is your thought, David? Man, this says he struggles with thinking the closing line really matters in college basketball. What's your take on that? He thinks it doesn't matter as much. As correct. Much. Interesting. I don't. I don't know. I didn't hear the rest of the conversation. But yeah, sorry, my phone cut out. Oh, that's not big. <laughs> Yeah, he was just basically saying that he, he, you know, his basketball model wins at every sport, every basketball possible except for college. And he says easily man, you can easily manipulate it, you know, betting the Chris and Pinnacle small limits and moving the market and getting 20000 down at DraftKings or somewhere else, you know, the other market. 
Don't you do well? I thought you did really well in that on totals. What in uh, in live betting? I don't oh, do well. Betting. Yeah. Oh, oh so, live betting. Okay. Yeah. So basically, my assumption is that my model is as good as the closing line is. So college basketball, Pinnacle, and and Beck, Chris, and Circa, they take such small limits that for three, four thousand, you can basically move the whole market. And then if you have enough outs the other way. It's pretty easy to bet 15, 20K the other way. So anybody with a brain will spend those two, $3,000 to manipulate, even if you're only getting 20 the other way. In other sports, it's tougher to do because they have bigger limits. But doesn't that kind of stuff happen hours out of the game, not right at close? Yes, but a lot of times the line doesn't have surely ever go to the right place where it I should see. really be. I basically just don't think college basketball is an efficient market. And I'm not the only one that has trouble beating it. I have, uh, as Mike said, I have some friends who bet a lot of derivatives, and they struggle in college basketball as well. Yeah, I mean, if if you say that, and then your whole strategy is take the closing line value and key that the whole game to what's going on, and then go from there, then I get why you would feel that way. Yeah, David, you bet a lot overnight, correct? Not m- mostly the night before. I bet the board.com. At the board, you'll, you'll send a sheet at like midnight of like five or six college basketball games. And generally they are closing in the right direction. And if there's 74 games, right. And I put 72 picks, somebody will go, Hey man, you forgot a couple games. Yeah. And I'll go, okay. <laughs> so what do you do? You just have a feel which way it's going to move the correct way. Or do you have a model? What do you do? Yeah. I have an advanced algorithm. I'm going to sound like you for a second. Aunt. I have an advanced <laughs> algorithm. And it teaches me, tells me which games have an edge. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah, I created <laughs> it back in 2000. I don't know if you're making fun of me. 2009, I created this <laughs> top secret algorithm. Are <laughs> no, you I'm making not... fun of me? No, you're an all-star today. You're going for a walk during the whole podcast. I'm just jealous. <laughs> I'm going to Airmaster next week. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were making fun of me with algorithm non-shenanigans. And you're even, are you holding the phone up as well while you're, while the other yeah, hands on? Yeah. I got yeah. the phone in one hand and the stroller in the other. I hope I don't sound too out of breath and uh, when Ophel Glider no. makes me sound good. Oh, I feel, I'm, you're pumping me up to go work out. I love this. You have so much money though that someone should be following you with the iPhone. <laughs> Come on now. <laughs> no, but yeah. Okay. So back to, yeah, I'm pretty excited to get it going. I'm not going to start till Wednesday, though. I'm going to go watch the game Tuesday here because there's only two island games, you know, and then I think the worst way somebody, yeah, the, the, I'm drawing a blank. They play the Suns. Yeah, that's right. So that's the second game. And then we'll start Wednesday. We'll go all out Wednesday. Do you think you get more bets in in the morning or post in the NBA? The daytime. Yeah, probably the daytime. And then the post, I hate this, but it's part of my bet the board dot com strategy i will go against the bigger moves and what i like to do is if if it moved and then like a half hour before the game it's sitting at a price i don't like those ones as good as the ones that like five minutes before the game topped out or bottomed out those ones i think are better so i'll just i don't play them blind but i play a lot of them and uh for college basketball you only bet overnights no i bet day of the game and overnight, both. Dude, how do you, instead of Micah asking me how I work six days a week doing basketball live, you should ask Dave, how is he 
do who work with uh, when every single North American sport is going. That just seems crazy. We do college football, well, college basketball, NBA. Yeah, we have a full staff here. And we have a staff of four of us, and we just we'll switch off. Like, okay, you this is your job. So we're pretty good at, at managing what everybody does. And that's so you know, like that's, you'll watch one sport or like whatever thirty rotation numbers, and then somebody else will do the other thirty rotation numbers. No, no, because we're not doing like what you're doing. If you're trying to do college in play and pro at the same time, we're not doing that. We don't really do that. Okay. So, yeah. Tell our listeners what you guys do. Uh, what you bet on? Uh, how how is set up? Well, I mean, we have people logging in. We have people looking at different sports. We have a guy in. Uh, Far away, making deposits and withdrawals. He might be in this video. Yeah, 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 yeah. We got quite the operation going. We got my algorithm going and in, in college basketball in the background. All right, telling me when to make bets. Yeah, I can't wait, man. Are you going to bet my picks, Ant, or your own stuff? I don't really bet people's picks <laughs> unless they want me to bet for them, and then I keep percentage. It's something that I just never done. But yeah, sometimes I get some like information from somebody and I might just blindly bet it. But usually I don't really listen to people's advice and just bet it if I'm not getting down for them. I have a question then for you. So whoever is in your crew that's picking these pregame sides in college basketball, right? Yeah. Okay. So if this person has plenty of picks, like let's say he bets, he or she bets, I don't know, 10 to <laughs> 15% of the games and you're seeing your own plays constantly close bad. That would be how I would know that the college basketball sides are not in efficient closes. That would be how I would tell if everything else you're betting is closing good and yet you're still winning. Then that would be the number one way that, that I would yeah. confirmation on yeah. the street. Yeah. But the problem is the problem is in live, I'm betting such small edges that if the college basketball closing line is like half a point off or point off, like all my edges just poof, gone away. So I don't know. Maybe it's just random that I've lost for four straight years in college basketball. But I don't know. That's my theory. I'm sticking to it. Maybe it's the rules. Maybe it's the only sport where how the fouling works at the end makes it all out of whack. I'm not sure. But because it is the only basketball that has those weird the weird uh, fouling situations at the end of the game. Yeah, the one and one So, but by doing NBA, then you have pretty much everything covered. You can get more money down. It's probably a more efficient close. See, I can see why NBA is just all around better for you. No weird rules. Yeah, I mean, I get it. <laughs> so, dude, man, four-person operation. One day, maybe you'll tell all the listeners all about it. Oh, yeah, I will one day. No, there's five, Micah, and then some one other person. There's six, actually, right, Micah? Cool. Oh, yeah, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in and we've got, we've got street-level people going out, spreading the word. So, we, you know, we've, we've got a, a big staff, right, Micah? we got James. James. Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on, man. You can – don't worry, man. If, if things don't work out in college hoops again and you somehow go broken, you can always work with us. All right, sounds good. Can I, bring, can I bring my 14 employees with me? <laughs> yeah, 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 we don't give them <laughs> So are your 14 employees spread out all over the world? Yeah, we have some in Asia, a bunch in Europe, and a few in North America. 
Nice. Uh, mostly because we bet basically everything, and we need people to always be around. I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in different time zones and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So did, have you? I hate to hit a nerve, Mister Ant, but your free pick of the week. Uh, our, mine's not doing well either. So this is a I'm must one in four. I think or one in three or one in four. One in three. This is a must win for us, Mister Ant. Must win. Yep. Yes, must win. So you must win this pick, or all the viewers hate you. Should what I go, go first? You go first. All right, I'm not in front of a screen. Can I bet Kansas City <clears throat> Chiefs minus five? Yeah, that's a bet, Chris. All right, Kansas City Mike, Chiefs minus five. Mike has got to start giving a pick too. What is this? Oh, hold on. I have it. Next week, next week, I'll start giving the pick. See if I can beat the pros. <laughs> Shit. I, Flip a, you got us killed. Do you guys want to know the truth? I was going to give Colts plus two, but this morning it moved to three. So I'm like, mm, I don't think my handicapping is very I'm good there. Right. I'm not sure about that. No, see, why wouldn't you just give? <laughs> oh, no, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> no, man, I'm definitely wrong on the Colts. But that's what I was oh, going to give. And oh, then I saw oh. the, it, it steamed the whole point versus me, you know, through a key number. I'm like, I'm going to give it a different one out. No, but is it, what's the new information on it? Did something yeah, else probably probably the Sean plays one hundred percent. See, and I can't go by Don Best anymore. They still have him questionable. You're right, probably. <laughs> All right, I'm but gonna yeah. go. I'm gonna go with uh, Patriots plus. Well, it's eight. I mean, Bet Online has a nine. Bet Chris has eight. Pinnacle has eight and a half. I guess I'll just have eight and a half. Patriots. Yeah. And, uh, Do they uh, dog? Do you know which quarterback is starting for the Patriots next week? This week, let's check. Man, you got me <laughs> paranoid. I can't trust information. Okay, no, no, everyone's in. And then Allen's Allen's probable. He's going to play though, right? Of course. That yeah, would be the what if he didn't he's... though? Then I got that's there. Nah, he's blind. Come on. Every week when we're watching the Patriots, don't tell Randy I said this. He's like slamming the table, and then on that safety, he went ballistic. Oh yeah, I won. But oh yeah, you know how you said you turned off the or you turned your phone off and he went nuts. And then I just said, uh, eh. because he was calling. You know, you know how you're always fearing the worst, the monster under the bed. He was fearing yeah. it when they were on like the 20 yard line. He's like, oh, they're gonna get a safety here. And I go, come on, man. That's... I mean, that was real. That was real ugly. But and then he doesn't want to take him anymore. Now he's like, I don't, I don't. <laughs> so. I don't know. I don't know if that means so, something from or here's a, here's a fun stat. So Belchick is like the second or third all-time winning is coach. So like he's actually live to be the most winning is coach there is. But he's like also seven or eight losses to the most losing coach ever. Uh, Randy, the entire game. Like actually you can bring it up next week. That'll be a good start for us going at it. He's just like Belichick's coaching is Way out of the Hall of Fame on a weekly basis. And, and he <laughs> must, must have said that like 30 or 40 times this year, at least. And then he's like, Jones sucks. Belichick's completely lost it. Like, you should hear all the stuff he's saying the whole game. And it's like, oh, come on, man. So it, now he won't say it all this week because he doesn't have the Patriots. But he's had them every other week. Is he a Patriots fan or just because he bet them? No, he just bets and he keeps going, well, turn around. You know, you know how you get stuck on one team. And uh, yep. so so he was like that, but I don't think he's going to take him this week. He might. 
But if he does, he's going to say all that. Belichick's coaching his way out. <laughs> he was the lock. Now he's questionable. It's funny. <laughs> Next week, we'll see if we can get Randy on with us. So here's my goal then. After this information on Don Vest is – so it looks like Watson's probably going to play, right? So Do you use Twitter at all? Yeah. But let me ask you this question. So you know how you were going to release the Colts, right? And you were yeah. – what if you still saw what if you were home and and you were in whatever source you use you saw that clearly he was still questionable would you would you have released that plus three no nah, because i think the only reason why i move like this is because somebody knows that he's gonna play yeah right okay that's what I, that's the next question like it's not out that he's playing for sure but if it's steamed that much like somebody somewhere knows that he's actually playing and then when I hit my 5% or 3% and Josh Allen doesn't play and that game closes three or whatever, three and a half, remember me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, guys. That's good. We'll uh, come back next week. We'll see if we can have Randy on and we'll do it again. All right. It was nice seeing you guys. Yeah, Bye-bye. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the Avoid the Trap podcast. If you'd like more betting tips or want to learn how you can partner with us, go to our website, www.avoidthetrap.com. Until next time, remember, to the victor belong the spoils.